Thank you, Gail. Good morning, everyone. Great to uh, always be uh, together with people here in this room. And if you're online today, wonderful to have you as well. Hey, a couple of things I just wanted to uh, share with you that I think uh, are just significant. It's kind of all of church life stuff. Uh, There's a couple of opportunities that sit out there that uh, I just wanted to kind of put in front of you. So whether you're here in this room or you're watching online today, uh, it might be something you're able to do. We've got a couple of areas in which uh, you might have some skills or you might like to, to help or to be a part of, and sometimes if we don't tell you about them, then you don't know about them, so you can't help with them. Uh, one of the things, uh, an opportunity, a voluntary opportunity, uh, you might be sitting there today and you've got some admin or some bookkeeping skills and that you just kind of, that's your sweet spot and you're really good with that. You can't be up front here or, you, you know, you just kind of like to be behind the scenes. Uh, we would love to hear from you if uh, that's something that you are really good at. You've got a few hours, you'd love to help. You can... Uh, connect with our office, so just touch base with Jeff Jordan, their office, or send us an email, connect at benigobaptist.org.au around that, we'd love to hear from you. The other one is every Sunday, morning here in particular, we have them at night, but I'm thinking about the morning here, we have a, a wonderful group of people who turn up here a little bit earlier, not too early, but a little bit earlier as our hosts to welcome people here into this place. To, to make sure that this is ready, to all the little things that just you take for granted when you turn up here that just happen, they're here with a beautiful welcome and smile on their face. Uh, if you just love being with people and you love an opportunity to get to meet some other people as well too, it's not a huge commitment, but would you uh, uh, send us an email too, connect at benigobaptist.org.au or uh, pop out to the Connect Desk today. There'll be somebody there that would love to chat with you as well too. We'd love to keep building those teams so the load is being spread. It's not just falling on a few, uh, a few people. Anyhow, enough of the announcements. Uh, hey, good to be with you today. And uh, I look like the last four days has been great, hasn't it? Uh, some time, to some downtime. And uh, sad that the Queen died, but uh, no one ever says no to a public holiday. Thursday, Friday... Saturday, Sunday I'm working, but that's okay. You know, it's been a a good few days off for all of us. I'm wondering today if you've ever had a particular when question, uh, a question that's got a a when attached to it that has run through your minds. Now, I I think we've all got when questions, things that kind of pop up from time to time that we're thinking about. It could be, you know, when am I going to be done with school? Uh, When are my exams going to be over? Or uh, when am I going to get a pay rise? Or when am I going to get a new job? Or when are we going to be done with the pandemic? Won't that be great when we don't think about the pandemic anymore? We're kind of move, we're moving out of that. Or maybe it might be, you know, when am I going to find my husband or my wife? When am I getting some, some women out there, when am I going to get married? Or, or when am I going to have a baby? All kinds of questions that uh, we could ask. We often don't verbalize them. We we think about them in our heads. They they don't necessarily come out, but we've all got our various when questions. About a week ago, uh, Julie and I had an opportunity. We uh, we escaped out of Victoria to Queensland for a, a week's holiday. And let me just tell you, it was wonderful. Okay, I'm not bragging. The weather was 24. It was 14 down here. I, I suddenly thought in that moment about establishing a new campus on the sunny coast and, and that I would put my hand up and pay the price and go north uh, in the winter months. Uh, but uh, as we were flying home, as it would be, and maybe this was my punishment, we left 24 degrees and got off the plane to a torrential downpour and it was like 12 or 13 degrees. 
And all of my friends were like, <laughs> welcome back to Victoria, Dave. But as we got off the plane, we got our bags and we were making our way out. Uh, we had a shuttle bus we had to get to get back to our car. I kind of made the phone call and said, hey, look, I'm here. I'm ready to be picked up. There's lots of rain here. Can we make this really quick, please? And they said, yep, the bus is on its way. So I kind of made my way out to that waiting zone. We dashed through the rain. We got there. And lo and behold, the bus was already there. I'm thinking, this is great. You know what? Talk about service, you know. So we kind of rushed up, and as we got to that spot, other people were getting on. I'm thinking, well, it's a little bit full, but I know we'll be okay. We got there. There was no more room on the bus. I'm thinking, oh, gosh, all right. So anyhow, so we let everybody else go in front of us that, you know, had been waiting their turn, and we just stood. And Julie kind of cuddled up beside me because it's downpour of rain, and, and we're trying to kind of keep warm in that environment, and we're just kind of, we're waiting. And I'm watching other shuttle buses kind of come and go, and we're waiting. And after about 10 minutes, now I'm starting to get a little bit impatient. I'm thinking, you know what? I called them at least 15 or 20 minutes ago. Where in the world is this bus? Now, at the same time, uh, you know, I'm watching these buses come. Suddenly, I saw in the distance, I saw our shuttle bus. I'm thinking, oh, this is fantastic. So I'm, we're there, we're ready, got my bags ready to get on. Well, does the bus pull up where we are? No, it doesn't pull up where we are. It pulls up in another spot, and suddenly there's a whole bunch of people that turn up in that spot to get on the bus, and, and I'm the one, we're the ones at the back of the line. Now, in this moment, I'm getting a little indignant, okay? I've got to be honest, right? You know, I didn't say anything wrong or bad, but within me, there's all these kind of questions. I'm thinking, you know what? Where in the world did these people come from? Do they not know that I've already made a phone call, that I've been here in line, been waiting, I've been here for 10 minutes, ready to get on this bus? And I thought, you know what? We're going to miss out on getting on this bus. I'll leave it hanging there, but uh, did... Have you ever had a, a when question? Like, you know, you're just kind of waiting and you're wondering, you know, when is this going to happen? But here's the problem. You know, when we find ourselves in that space and we are waiting with our questions, you know, uh, the problem comes when what we are experiencing in that moment doesn't quite match with what we expected. And we find ourselves getting a little anxious or a little frustrated. That's what throws us off. You know, maybe we were expecting something to have happened a little bit sooner. Or we were expecting that something was going to be over now, but it's not. Or we were expecting an answer, but we still got a whole bunch of questions. And when our expectations don't match our actual experiences, we find ourselves becoming anxious with this whole waiting period. You know, when we find ourselves in that space, we've got a when and we want an answer. And I don't know about you, but when you do get an answer, you know, are we usually satisfied by your answer? And the answer is usually, well, no, quite often I'm not satisfied. I mean, what are some of the common responses to our when questions? When it's your turn. You know, I'm waiting for a shuttle bus. Well, when is the bus going to get here? You know, when am I going to get on the shuttle bus? Well, when it's your turn, Dave. Or here's an even better response, and we've all used this one before, particularly those of us are parents, it's the phrase, in a little while. You know, you know it's when your kids say, you know what, uh, are we going home yet, or when are we going home, is really the question. And what's our classic response as a parent when we're having a great time? In a little while. Does it answer for them? No, because usually they come back about five minutes later and they say, well, when are we going home? In a little while. When are we going? Or it could be, what are we, you know, when are we having dinner? In a little while. 
or it's the classic long road trip and you know it's going to come out somewhere but you know you're 10, 15 hours down the road wherever you might be going, maybe it's just to Melbourne but you know the little kids are sitting in the back and they go, when are we going to get there and what do we say? In just a little while. You know what, uh, they may have the answers, they may have the questions but we're the one that actually controls all the answers and that's our response, yeah, in a little while, in just a little while. Yeah, we'll be there soon, in a little while. And you know what? Like kids, adults, we're not much different. We just don't verbalize it. The kids verbalize it. But we verbalize the same questions. They're just, they're just different. And, you know, as we, as, we, uh, as we look through the Scriptures, particularly in this series that we're kind of working our way through, we started in John 15 and then we kind of moved into John 16 as well too. But as we've worked our way through, it's really clear that these disciples, they've got a whole bunch of questions. In fact, they're feeling a little anxious, uh, overwhelmed by what's being revealed to them and, and they've got questions. And Jesus reassures them, He says, it's going to be okay. It doesn't matter what comes through that door. You're not on your own. You know, I, I've got all of this. You know, the Father loves you. The Spirit is going to guide you. And in just a little while, it's all going to be okay. You know, did that satisfy the disciples in this moment? Well, if you've got your Bibles in John chapter 16, we, we want to just unpack a little bit of this conversation this morning because I actually think it's incredibly helpful for all of us. It was helpful, I think, for them at that point in time, but there is something in this that, that has something to say to us about the way in which we, we ought to respond when we come up against trouble, uh, suffering, or we've got questions in life. You know, how do we respond in those moments? And beginning in verse 16 today, we see this phrase, in a little while, it appears seven times in the space of four verses. Never seen it before like this until just this week. This is what Jesus says to his disciples. He says, In a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. At this, some of his disciples said to one another, What does he mean by saying, In a little while, you'll see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me, and because I'm going to the Father. They kept asking, What does he mean by in a little while? We don't understand. What are you saying? You know, that phrase, in a little while, Jesus must have used it a whole bunch of occasions. We've got it recorded seven times here, but it must, maybe it was a phrase he was using over and over as they walked from the upper room, uh, down through, around the walls, across the Kidron Valley and up towards the Garden of Gethsemane. And in the midst of the conversation, this phrase, in a little while, was coming out over and over and over and over again. And they're now a little perplexed. They're thinking, what in the world, what does he mean? He keeps saying, in a little while we got questions. We want to know what's going on. And Jesus just keeps saying, well, in a little while. Well, here's what's very funny. In verse 19, uh, Jesus uh, obviously realizes they've got some questions. He saw they wanted to ask him about this. And so this is what he said to them. Are you asking one another what I meant when I said, in a little while, you'll see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. I think that's funny. It's kind of like he goes, yeah, that, in a little while. Now, was this helpful in this moment to these disciples? Well, it doesn't really say, but I'm willing to bet that they're just perplexed. They're thinking that, that response, that answer was not helpful at all. It's kind of like as a parent when you say to your kid, you know, in a little while, 
And they're sitting there going, okay, well, I'll take it the first time. But after the 10th time, they're like starting to throw stuff and they're frustrated and, you know, all the toys come out of the cot. Well, you know, I don't think the disciples were throwing their toys out of the cot. But there is this sense of, was, was this cutting it in a little while? So what did Jesus mean when he said, in a little while you'll see me no more and then after a little while you will see me? You know, at first glance... You know, you, you could be right in assuming that he's talking about his second coming. After all, if you go back into John chapter 14, in this beginning of this discourse, this dialogue that he's having with the disciples, uh, you've got this, these famous words that often we use at funerals. And Jesus said to his disciples, I'm about to go, and I'm going to go and prepare a place for you, but when I come back, I will take you to be where I am so that you can be with me always. He's talking about his second coming. He's talking about his return. And so you could say, well, maybe that's what it is. But then as Jesus goes on in this, you think, well, maybe it's not so much his return. Maybe he's talking about his uh, crucifixion and resurrection. In verse 20, he says, Very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn when the world rejoices. Sounds a bit like the arrest, doesn't it? And crucifixion. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. You see, in just a little while, he was going to be arrested, he was going to die, and then in just a little while, he was going to conquer sin and death by rising again from the grave. And then he goes on to say this to them in verses 21 and 22. He gives them a picture. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. Mums, you'll know exactly what that's like. Us fellas, a bit ignorant on some of that. We kind of know that's the case, but that's the reality for ladies. Verse 22, Jesus says, So with you. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. How much longer, Jesus? In a little while in a little while. See, it won't last forever. You know, whether it was the return or the resurrection that Jesus was actually referencing, the answer was still the same. You know, whether it's, uh, as we think about what maybe our when question might be, the answer is still going to be the same. In a little while, it won't last forever. Now, if you're anything like me, and I'm willing to say that probably most of you are like me. An answer like that doesn't really cut it, does it? In a little while. Because it still leaves us with questions. You know, what do you do with that? What would the disciples to do with that? And I think maybe this is where they're at as well too in this moment, as they're having this conversation, or they're listening to Jesus talk to them. There's not much you can hang your hat upon, you know. There's no, how, how do you put hope upon that statement in a little while? Well, this is the same language that the writer to the Hebrews uses to talk about the return of Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 37, he says, For in just a little while, there it is. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. When will Jesus come back? The, the writer to the Hebrews says, in just a little while. 
Now, how much longer will that be? In a little while. No, no, seriously, I mean, I, I really want to know when Jesus is coming back because I've got a full calendar and I, I want to know the day, the time and the hour. I want to be ready for this because I've got things that I want to do. So I want to know when he's coming back. And the writer says, in just a little while. In just a little while. So we want the answer, but Jesus says in verse 20, if we go back to that, he says, very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn, but then in a little while, your grief will turn to joy. You see, what we have is a description of time that you could say is not very helpful in a little while, but we have a promise that is also completely helpful. It says that our grief will turn to joy. See, Jesus doesn't say that our grief will... uh, uh, doesn't say that our grief will turn to joy. What He says that in this space... Uh, It's not going to be replaced with joy, it's actually going to be turned to joy. It's this bitter-sweet experience. Anyone had a bittersweet experience? It's it's an oxymoron, isn't it? How can somebody, how can something that's bitter become sweet, or how can something that's sweet be so bitter? Uh, Well, this is important for us. Because Jesus is trying to uh, help them to understand that this, this thing that's going to cause them so much grief, uh, His arrest or His crucifixion, this, this very thing, His departure from them is going to cause them so much, so much pain. But in a little while, this very thing that caused them so much pain will bring them so much joy. Now, how can I explain this? Let me, let me give you a couple of different examples. You know, uh, as a parent now, my kids have kind of grown up. I remember those days when my kids were young, just thinking, you know what, is this ever going to end? <laughs> you know, are they ever going to get any older? Am I ever going to, like, this is all consuming in my life, you know? Uh, uh, is this, you know, is this going to change? Well, let me just tell you, if you're a parent with young kids, it changes them, it changes incredibly quick. And the reality is that now as my kids have gotten a little bit older, I've had to deal with the, the situation of kind of, of leaving the nest, of them going. And if you've been in that situation as a parent and you know you, you say goodbye to them and they move on, uh, that, 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 is, that is a hard situation. You spend so much of your life with your kids and you raise them to go and when they go, there's, there's something challenging that sits in all of that as well too. You're excited for them. It's a bit of a bittersweet moment, isn't it? And I know with a couple of my kids, as I've said goodbye, that the sense of anguish for me in that moment has been, has been incredibly tough. But oh, the joy. When suddenly you stand face to face with them once again. You're reunited. It is a bitter, sweet experience. Or maybe come a little bit closer to home for some of us that sit here in this room or you watch online today and you've got loved ones that you've lost. You know, it could be a child, a young child, but maybe it's an older child. You know, it's a, it's a friend, it's a, it's a sibling, it's a spouse, it's a parent. 
there is something incredibly painful, isn't there, in that moment of just, you walk this pathway of grief, you know that you're going to walk this pathway at some point in time, but until you are there in that moment and you are experiencing the grief that kind of goes with all of that, uh, you don't quite understand that, but as we read the Scriptures, for those of us who know and love Jesus, we are told that whilst that might be a bitter or a, a tough or an experience in which we grieve, we don't grieve as people who have no hope that one day we will be re- reunited with those that we love. It will be a bitter, sweet experience. Jesus says to his disciples here in this moment, that's what your grief will be like. Like a woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come, but when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. See, in just a little while, our our pain or our grief will be turned into a joy, and that is something that we can hang uh, some hope upon. Now, I get it. I get that the longer we wait, the harder it really is in these little moments to think that there's any light at the end of that tunnel. You know, uh, if you've been to uh, any of the adventure parks or places where you've got to line up, you know, uh, some of the big theme parks, they kind of help you with the waiting period, don't they? Because they have signs that say, you know what, from this point on, it's going to take you eight hours until you get to your rights. (laughs) At least you know you've got eight hours, don't you? Or as you move your way down through the line, you know, it's four hours, six hours, or if there's no one on this ride, you kind of walk straight through 15 minutes from this point in time. Wouldn't it be nice if we had that with our when questions? Like, okay, well, when is this going to be done? And and the Holy Spirit just kind of pops up in our life and says, you know what, this will be done in an hour and 45 minutes, or uh, in three months and uh, two days, this is, it doesn't work that way, does it? And often in our waiting moments, it, it can be really tough. You see, if I just knew that I'd find a job in a month or in three or four months' time, this relational challenge that I've got would just suddenly be resolved. Or I'm going to find my spouse uh, in, uh, in 18 months and in two years I'm going to be married or uh, in just a short period of time I'm going to fall pregnant. It's hard when we don't know. And I honestly think that's exactly what these disciples were thinking as well too. I mean, they were just like you and I and Jesus is telling them that He's about to go. It's going to be all okay because I'm going to come back. But they've got their questions. Well, what's this in a little while just look like? I've got to think Peter, the impetuous one, the one who always, his mouth was going faster than, uh, uh, you know, what his mind was doing. He always, things just kind of came out, but... In this moment, we, we're not told what he might have said, but I'm sure he got the questions, but something must have struck a chord with him. Because many years later, when he's writing a book called First Peter, he uses this same phrase talking about the struggles that we have in life, and this is what he says. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. See, Peter encourages us today. All of us here in this room, any of us watching online, wherever we might be, he encourages us with those words and he says, in a little while, in just a little while, uh, he gives us hope, our situation will change. And Jesus begins to wrap up some of this dialogue with his disciples. And he says, so he says to them, so with you. 
Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you'll rejoice and no one will be able, or no one will take away your joy. No one. Just a little while. No one will be able to take away your joy. So what do we do with this dialogue? It's all good and well for these 11 men that were with Jesus in this moment. You know, what do we do with the dialogue, this conversation? What's it mean for us for our moments in life when we've got a variety of different when questions? Well, I want to say to this today, I think this is really important. You know, rather than viewing our situation as a problem that needs to be overcome, what I actually think is happening in this dialogue that Jesus is having with His disciples that actually resonates for us is that Jesus is encouraging us to embrace our waiting moments in life, to be okay in that space. And we need to view these moments not as a setback uh, that needs to be overcome, but rather as an opportunity to deepen our faith. In other words, what often happens, what is often happening in those moments, in this place of waiting, is often more important than the result or what it is that maybe we are waiting for. What's going on in the waiting is often much more significant and important than the very thing that we are hoping for or we are waiting that's going to come about. So what does it look like to wait? Because Jesus said, in a little while. Peter says, in a little while. What's it look like to wait? Hey, the prophet Isaiah actually spoke about waiting. It's a very famous uh, statement that's made in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. He says these words, But those who wait on the Lord. What's that word wait mean? Well, it means, uh, it means to have a, a strong faith, a, a strong uh, uh, courage, trust, faith, a, a sense that God's got this. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. I... Uh, just kind of dove into some other translations this week just to kind of get it in a fresh way and I really enjoyed and loved what the message translation was saying. It says these words, but those who wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings and they soar like eagles. Ever seen an eagle soar? It's amazing, isn't it? You know, eagles are different to most other bird life. You know, what's an eagle? An eagle kind of picks up, it starts to flap its wings, but it picks up the, uh, the currents and it soars. You know, do you know an eagle can soar to heights of 20,000 feet above sea level? And in that space as it's soaring around, they can reach speeds of up to nearly 100 kilometers an hour. And you never get a sense in that moment that those eagles are frantically flapping their wings, do you? They're just, you know, there's just a couple of strong strokes and then they're just kind of gliding like this. You, you, you look at them next time and you compare a, an eagle to a, uh, to a bird. And often, you know, little sparrows, a lot of frantic flapping that's kind of going on to keep themselves up in the air. Magpies. And I thought, you know what? That image is so helpful when it comes to this idea of waiting. 
Because often we look really impressive, don't we, with our frantic flapping, but it's not really getting us anywhere. And God says to us through the prophet Isaiah today that those who wait on the Lord, who wait, who place their confidence, their trust, their faith, they will get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. Anyone here in this room or online today need to uh, do less flapping and more soaring? So what's it look like for us to wait? Because that's what, you know, so many of us have just kind of find ourselves in these waiting moments, don't we, in life, with questions. What's it look like to wait? Well, let me wrap this up with just uh, a couple of tips that uh, I think might be helpful for us. And here's the first one. First of all, I think we're called to wait intentionally. That's what waiting looks like. We wait intentionally. None of us like to wait. Let's be honest, okay? Uh, we've got things to do, places to go. Waiting is not something that we, we, we're really good at. But I want to say that waiting is never wasted if it's done with intentionality. And I think after you know, quite a number of years of following Jesus as my own Lord and Saviour, you know, uh, I've begun to discover through the school of hard knocks is that often the waiting room is the place in which God does some of His best work. Because it's in that space that God's trying to do something in us before He can do something through us. And it requires us waiting. Waiting on Now, if I'm being honest, a little bit transparent before you today, you know, the last uh, two, three years of my life have been challenging for a number of different reasons. And I got to the end of last year uh, and moving into this year and I was cooked to some extent. I was just, I was tired. And uh, just different stuff that had been going on. I'm just thinking, you know what, well, maybe this is what it looks like to finish I was pretty sad about all of that. Uh, but in, in the space of all of that, what I began to realize, and through the counsel of some good people around me, is that God was trying to do something in my life in that moment, and that really what was unfolding was I was actually reacting to a whole bunch of different grief and loss that had kind of built up in my life over a kind of a three-year period. So I'm so, very, I'm so glad for that. But in that, sorry, I'm not glad for that, but, but I was glad for good counsel and for what was kind of being spoken into my life at that point. I began to realize, you know what? God's got me in this space of just waiting on Him. He's wanting to do something in me before He can do something through me. And I've got to be okay with just sitting in this space with my questions. Because I'm just like all of you with all of my questions. And God had me in this space. It's been good. You know, the, the waiting room's never fun, is it? But God often does some of His best work in and through our lives when we are waiting. When we're in that space and He's doing something in and through us. When we're waiting on Him. And we're looking for an answer. And His response is, well, in just a little while. In just a little while. See, waiting is often the pathway to becoming. 
And so that means that we have, if we're going to wait intentionally, we have to shift our thinking away from when. You know, when is this going to finish? Or when am I going to get this? Or when am I going to get the answer that I want? To move it from when, stop obsessing about the when and start focusing on the what's. God, what is it that you are trying to teach me in this particular moment? God, I know that you are growing me towards maturity in Christ, so what is it that you want me to know? What do you want to show me? What is it that you want me to know? Now, I clearly believe that when we come to faith in Jesus, that is a profound experience, but our Christian lives are not just meant to be one experience and then we just kind of flap our wings frantically throughout the rest of our lives. That God is in the process of growing us up and, and He uses all kinds of experiences in our life to get our attention to do things in and through us, and that's part of the journey. But yet we, get, we obsess over the when, but we forget to start focusing on the, God, what is it that you're trying to do in my life? What's it look like to wait? Waiting is never wasted if we do it with intentionality. We wait intentionally. Here's the second thing. I think we have to wait expectantly. We wait with intentionality and then we wait expectantly. We, we wait on God. In Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul uh, says that we are more than conquerors. You see, it doesn't matter what comes through the door. It doesn't matter what might be coming our way. It doesn't matter what struggle we might find ourselves in. It, it does, just doesn't matter what trouble or suffering might occur. Paul says we are more than conquerors because God has this. You know, it's that whole thing in 1 Thessalonians where it says that we don't grieve as people who have no hope. It doesn't mean that we don't grieve or we don't have struggles or sufferings, but our hope is completely different. And Paul says, we are more than conquerors. And we have this sense that, you know what, we just hope differently to the rest of the world, that God has us. Oh, I've got a really good friend who's only been following Jesus for a number of years and Oh, his theology, I think, is better than a whole bunch of us at times because when it comes to the sovereignty of God, he just simply says, God's got this. God's got it, Dave. When I'm asking or I'm talking about different things, he goes, well, Dave, there's one thing I know to be true. God has this. He's kind of living with a sense of expectation. He's waiting intentionally and he's waiting expectantly, believing that God ultimately has all things in his control. We wait with intentionality and we wait expectantly. You know, as I was thinking about this phrase in a little while, didn't realize it kind of popped up out through the Scriptures so many different times. But I came across another verse, which I think is so appropriate for us today as I just kind of wrap this up. James chapter 4, verse 14, this is what he says about our lives. He says, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while, and then it vanishes. Now, we don't like this phrase, in a little while, because it's somewhat ambiguous. But what I do love about this passage in James is that he takes something that's incredibly ambiguous, and he gives clarity to it with a word picture, with the word mist. He likens our lives to a mist. Now, what does a mist look like? I went scrounging through a cupboard early this morning and I came up with this little air freshener, linen spray. It's the kind of thing that my wife sprays on our couch 
uh, and uh, you know she gives a bit of a squirt. You know, puts that on the uh, on the couch or uh, on on the blanket just to kind of freshen things up. And if I'm sitting there, she squirts me as well too. In that moment, I think, well, hang on, what are you saying to me? Do you want to know what a mist looks like? It's here for a moment, then it vanishes in a little while. Do you want to know what your in a little while moments look like? In the grand scheme of eternity, when you're thinking about some of the different things that are in your life right now, uh, how does God view them? Here, one moment. doesn't mean that God doesn't care about them. But they're here and, and then they're gone. A global pandemic? It'll be gone. Consumed our lives for at least two years and it still sits out there, but it'll be gone. Now, what's interesting about this passage is that uh, James wasn't talking about our troubles and our sufferings, he was talking about our life. When we think about how long we might be here, he says, well, your life's like a mist. Here one moment, you're gone the next. This is this week gone, we, we celebrated 96 years of the Queen. I mean, 96 years seems like an eternity, doesn't it? But in the grand scheme of eternity, it's gone. You know, for some people, they might only live to be 30 years and someone gets to live 96 years, but what's the difference between 30 and 96 in the grand scheme of eternity? In just a little while. And Jesus was trying to get his disciples to understand that, you know what, yeah, in just a moment, you're going to experience all kinds of grief, but in just a little while, your grief will turn to joy. He was trying to put it into perspective for them, to help them understand. And so I think for us as we sit here, or as we watch online today, whatever our moments, whatever our waiting might be, Jesus says, wait intentionally and wait expectantly. For in just a little while, our grief will be turned into joy. Now, I, I realize maybe for some of us here today, those of us who might be watching, is that this comment of Jesus, uh, you know, in a little while, maybe for you it's not so much about that. Maybe the bigger challenge for some of us is that we've kind of made our relationship with God about, well, in, in just a little while. You know, I, I kind of know that you want to be in relationship with me, but you know what, in, in just a little while. You know, I'll kind of get to it at some point in time. Uh, sometime I'll, I'll make it important at some point in time, but in, in just a little while. And I, I want to remind us that at some point, it's going to be too late. You see, it's very clear the Word of God says to us that at some point, uh, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Whether you, whether you have bowed your knee in humility out of your own free choice or whether one day you stand in His presence, you'll still bow. And you don't want to put it off. Uh, well, I'll do that in a little bit. Because in a little bit, it might just be too late. And so for maybe for some of us here today, it's a, it's, a, it's a bowing of the knee. And it's saying, you know what, God, I realize that you want to be in relationship with me. And so today I am acknowledging that and I am yielding my life to you because of what your son Jesus Christ has done for me on that cross at Calvary. That's the most important response that you're going to give today. Or for others of us, maybe you're obsessing. You're obsessing with your when question. You know, it's all about the when. You can't get the when out of your minds. 
And what the Spirit of God's trying to say into your life today through this story is that don't make it about the when, make it about the what. God, what is it that you are wanting to teach me today? Because that is more important. Focusing in on Him and what He is trying to do in and through my life. We've all got when questions. It just depends how we're going to respond to those in our lives. You know, I'm going to pray in just a moment. Our team is going to come back onto the platform. But, you know, how we respond right now is really important to God's words. You, if you've never given your heart to Christ, well, then I want to say today is the day, whether you're online, whether you're here in this room, today is the moment to say, you know what, I am going to get up out of my seat and I'm going to come forward and I'm going to respond in that particular way. I'm going to be down the front here and I'd love to be here with you if that's the response that you've got to give today. Or if you're online, you know what, you, 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 you let us know in the chat line that this is the decision you need to make as well too. Or maybe for you it's like, you know what, I need to lay some stuff down. And I need to stop obsessing. And instead, I need to start focusing. Would you stand with me? I'm going to pray. Our team's going to come. And then as we continue on in worship today, uh, I encourage you to respond with a response. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you, Lord, that uh, for a story that happened some 2,000 years ago that uh, <laughs> I can't even begin to imagine what was running through the minds of these men. When you said, in just a little while, in a little while, in a little while, your grief, you'll experience grief, but in just a little while, it will be turned to joy. Father, we want to we give our, our little moments to you right now. Our waiting, this space. God, we acknowledge that you are sovereign, that you've got it all, that you're in control. And yet at times we obsess over all this stuff and we lose sight of what you want to do in our lives. Father, I really sense today that there are people here, this is, this, this is powerful, this is, this is going to impact people today, your word. There's going to be shifts that are going to happen today in people's lives because of your words. Lord, would you do that right now? you continue to keep doing that in our lives right now and I pray that in the name of your son Jesus Amen you know as we sing some of you need to respond right now I want to be over here whatever it might be that the spirit of God's prompting in your life we're going to have our prayer team here as well too you just come this is a safe place. This is the place where we celebrate what God is doing in people's lives. You just can't.